Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. A lot to get into today, talking about Bill O'Brien returns to the New England Patriots. Tom Brady getting a little testy yesterday in his podcast. Then I'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and the final four NFL teams, previewing the Bengals-Chiefs AFC Championship game and 49ers-Eagles NFC Championship game. So let's get right into it with Bill O'Brien being hired as offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. I absolutely love this move. This is a move that signals that Bill Belichick acknowledging that there is something wrong with the offense. There was a major, major drop-off from Josh McDaniels in Mac Jones' rookie year to the last-year makeshift offense in Mac Jones' second year where he should be progressing, but instead regressed under a special teams and defensive coach in Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, Patricia, uh, respectively. Uh, Rookie year, they were 11th with Josh McDaniels in red zone efficiency. Dropped down to dead last 32nd. Third down, they dropped in one year, mind you, from 10th to 27th. First downs, 9th to 28th. Sacks allowed 8th to 19th. And touchdowns, 48, dropped down to 31. The offense was bad this year. Not having uh, a real offensive coordinator. Matt Patricia is the primary play caller. It was a mess. The offense was in shambles. Near the end of the season, three quarters, Bill Belichick said, hey, it's too late to do anything, implement anything. I agree with him on that point. I'm glad he acknowledged it. And I'm glad he went out and got Bill O'Brien for two reasons. First reason is he's been with Bill Belichick before. Uh, he was the he was on the staff for a few years, uh, you know, I believe 2007. Is kind of where he started uh, as an assistant there, you know, from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator around three years, all the way till 2011, where they had a great offense, him and um, Tom Brady. And if you watch Man in the Arena, they called Bill, Bell- or Bill O'Brien the teapot. Uh, he was well-liked and respected amongst the guys there. So being an offensive-minded coach, to me, a good football coach, I think this is a solid move, knowing the familiarity there between Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick. I think this works out where they can streamline the offense, they can modernize it. Uh, Bill O'Brien, you know, with his head coaching stints with Penn State, uh, had mild success. The Houston Texans had a bit of success uh, there. And then this gets done to my second reason, where the past two years – he was with the Alabama Crimson Tide. So guess what? He spent time in Mac Jones last year there with Mac Jones. Bill O'Brien did in that final season with Alabama, which was the vaunted run there. Uh, so that worked out with him. Again, he's worked with Bryce Young last year uh, in the similar system with Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, that process there. So I think this is a great hire from a Patriots and Bill Belichick. I think 
this is a move that signals that, hey, we're not giving up on Mac Jones. We're not giving up on this thing. And we expect to be better of a playoffs. Our defense is great. Uh, let's get some better offense and let's make it to the playoffs. If they had a semblance of their rookie, Mac Jones, with Josh McDaniels that rookie year, they would have been in the playoffs. They would have been the seventh spot, if not the fifth or sixth. So I like this move. This, to me, guarantees, I'll guarantee it right now, the Patriots will be in the playoffs next year. They will be back in the dance, in the playoffs, where nobody wants to see Bill Belichick and this team. I like the move by the New England Patriots. Next, let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady said on his podcast yesterday with uh, Jim Gray, the Let's Go podcast, and I'm substituting out two F-bombs here, that if he knew what he was effing going to do, he would have effing done it. Okay, thank you, in a response to Jim Gray's question about, you know, what are you thinking? So Tom Brady got, he was frustrated, agitated at that. Jim Gray acknowledged that, that, hey, there's some testiness to the question here, and he further decided to not pursue it. But this is this is the one instance where I don't like Tom Brady's attitude in this particular situation. Now, I'm sure, you know, Grim Jay out there took it like a champ. They cleared it out between the two of them. But Jim Gray being a close friend of Tom Brady, uh, being on the podcast every week, uh, you know, this is a way to get your views, Todd, get your podcast listened to, is to say something like that, because usually it's about a win and people are going to tune in now. Is he going to drop a hint on a podcast? What's going to happen? So uh, with that being said, with his response, obviously we don't know what Tom is going to do, but what Tom is, is he's frustrated. I think he's frustrated with how this season went, 8-10. and 10. Clearly, he's not deep into the playoffs like he's used to being. You know, approaching championship weekend, uh, he is not preparing. Again, I think he's frustrated because last year he wanted to come back for one more season because he got beat by the Rams, a game that probably still haunts Tom Brady as much as it haunts me being a fan of Tom and watching those games that he came back for the unfinished business wanting to win this thing, and it fell short. You know, the return kind of blew up on his face. Uh, He didn't play well. The team didn't play well. Offensive line, wide receivers, defense coach, nothing worked out. So it all fell apart. It was all a mess. So I think Tom Brady's frustrated. I think he did want this to be his last year. Come back for the 23rd season, his 45th year. Uh, living and thought that, hey, he could go out with a bang, and it just didn't work. Now he's deciding, you know, everybody in the media is trashing on me, tell calling me old, it's time to go home, uh, don't come back. I mean, people have lost respect for me now. So now it's this question of do I go out and prove it to them once again, or is there some hesitancy on if I – do this, and I look like Michael Jordan in my final two years with the Wizards, and it's kind of just a trash two years where, you know, last year you were voted number one by the your peers, the NFL players. You were voted number one on the NFL's top 100 players. Tom Brady was number 
one. So who knows? Uh, I don't think it's likely to retire. Uh, we'll keep listening to the podcast and see if he's dropping hints. But you've had Gronk say, you know, it's going to be with a team that excites him if he does sign. Edelman thinks he'll, he'll play again somewhere else. Uh, again, both echoing those uh, sentiments. So it is interesting. I do think. Gronk is part of that inner circle. Not too sure about Edelman, but definitely think Gronk is if Tom Brady's mind is, you know, playing again or retiring, uh, whatever the case may be. I do think he wants Gronk in there. I do think there's some football left in Gronk. You know, he said he tried out. He felt good this year. You know, talked about the Bills coming back to the Bucks, but the mindset. Was not there. Could a year off in a new environment like Las Vegas where he could party it up? Would that fit him? I don't know, but I think Tom is having these extensive discussions, not only with his family, uh, with his friends, but also people like Ron, teammates, people who would he would want on a team with him if he were to keep playing. So you have that. Tom Brady dropping bombs like usual. That's what he does. Now moving on to another old quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers did his weekly podcast appearance today on the Pat McAfee show. Now, before the show, it was reported that, you know, if Aaron Rodgers were to be traded, it would most likely be to an AFC team. He would not be traded with them at NFC. I kind of figured that before, but it was kind of confirmed. Uh, and then on air, Aaron Rodgers talked about he'd be willing to rework his deal if, you know, they wanted him to come back. So this is what gets me with Aaron Rodgers. Now, I would love for Aaron Rodgers to get traded to another team and have him kind of win a Super Bowl. I think that would be great for the league. I think that'd be great for him. But Aaron Rodgers is not like... Tom Brady, where he wants to go outside of his comfort zone. His comfort zone is Green Bay. It's Randall Cobb. It's Mercedes Lewis. Now, who knows if the Packers will be able to keep all those. Like you said, he'd have to rework his deal and things like that, and he'd be willing to do that. So to me, that's the biggest signifying factor that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay with the Green Bay Packers, is that he'd rework his deal to stay with the team. I think he likes staying where it's comfortable in his comfort zone. I do think he'll play next year. It'll be for the Packers, and it'll be that 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight and nine team like they were this year. I don't think Matt LaFleur is that great of a coach, but that's neither here nor there. That's not the topic. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers will be traded like I thought, or what I mean like I'd like him to be. I don't think he'll be traded. It's all a smokescreen. We see this year in and year out with Aaron Rodgers the past two years, this beautiful mystery, the ayahuasca trips, the... You know, that's it. when he goes on the podcast now with Pat McAfee, that's what it is on the bottom there. It's, you know, guest appearance, Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP, ayahuasca enthusiast. That's what he is now to me. He's more known for ayahuasca and his South American trips than it is for right now anything he does on the football field. Now he says he'd like to win MVP. Is he winning an MVP with this team next year? No, absolutely not. He is not winning an MVP. 
And that's why I like to see him get traded. Now, a lot of people that say he can get traded, they mention the same four teams in the AFC. It's the Jets, Colts, Titans, or Raiders. I think those are all great options. Now I'm going to rank those four where I would like him to go from least likely to see him to most likely. Number four is the Colts. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't want to go there. Why? Because I've seen the Colts the past few years. Uh, since Andrew Luck, they've took swings on Phillip Rivers and uh, Matt Ryan, and it hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out. Things haven't gone well. Owen Carson wins last year. I knew I was missing one. And it just hasn't worked out for the Colts. Uh, I think even if you get Aaron Rodgers here, just something wrong with the Colts. It's like where old quarterbacks really go to die, it seems like, the past three years. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants that. The owner, I'm not a fan of, kind of too involved. You know, there's not enough playmakers on offense for me. In an up-and-coming division, you still got the Titans there who kind of own the Colts and the Jaguars now who own the Colts. So I don't like that. Uh, I don't like that move for Aaron. I don't think Aaron would like that move. Number three, the Raiders. Now, if I'm Devontae, do I really want Aaron Rodgers to come back here? Am I like, oh, brother, not this? I got away from this because I wanted security on my quarterback the next five years, and now it's insecure, and now it even gets more insecure with Aaron Rodgers here. So I don't know how I feel about that. I think it would be a good fit, but I don't know about the dynamic here with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae again uh, in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Number two, the Jets. Uh, to me, the Jets are a very viable option. The owner, Woody Johnson, has said that he'd be willing to pay two first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. Joe Namath said he would unretire. And to me, I think it's great. Uh, the weakest link on this Jets team this year was quarterback. It was a quarterback play. Let's be honest. It was quarterback. Zach Wilson wasn't good. That Mike White had like his one game, but he wasn't reliable. Uh, the Jets had Aaron Rodgers. They would have been a playoff team this year. Now, they have the same issues the Packers kind of have on offense. They have young weapons. They don't have the veteran guys like older quarterbacks tend to like. So they'd have to build up a rapport with the Garrett Wilsons and the Elijah Moores, but they have a good tight end in Uzama. Their wideouts are good. Offensive line, uh, get more healthy next year will be better. And then they got a really solid defense. Defense was definitely more consistent this year than the Packers were. Packers were terrible, inconsistent early and in the middle of the season. Then they had their winning streak for final four or five games, but too late for that. So solid team. I think that's intriguing. But to me, number one's the Titans. Him paired up with a great mind in Mike Rabel, who knows both defense uh, and offense. Uh, the defense is stout, especially the front seven, stopping the run. They were bad against the pass this year, but I believe they can fix that in the draft. And then Aaron Rodgers has Derrick Henry, a good offensive line. Uh, to me, a good weapon in Traylon Burks, get him healthy. They got Robert Woods, a veteran piece, and I still think they can make a move. Maybe they go out and get a DeAndre Hopkins or another veteran wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers there to compliment him. Titans could be a very dangerous team considering they're the closest match for Jacksonville in a weak division in the AFC South. And they could challenge him, get a home playoff uh, guaranteed there. 
not out of question considering the Titans were just the number one seed a year ago with Ryan Tannehill of his team. It's not that far-fetched to think that, hey, they can get back there with Aaron Rodgers, who is a major upgrade over Ryan Tannehill. So that's where I'd like to see Aaron Rodgers go. I'd like to see him go to the Titans. Those are the four most likely teams. But, again, I don't think he's going to be traded. Again, I think it's he is on a time loop. It is on repeat with him every single year. Uh, if you're on Instagram or social media, Twitter, you kind of see the Cowboy fans' life cycle, you know, where it's start out hot, this is our year, how about them boys, you know, choke in the playoffs, start over again, kind of that cycle. Well, that's Aaron Rodgers is the player version of the Dallas Cowboys. There's the cycle, the start that, the uh, relax, the finish, get hot, the choke late in the season, miss the playoffs or early round exit, and then you start the cycle again. So it's just what Aaron Rodgers is. He's a walking Dallas Cowboy. Moving on. We got four teams left, four teams remaining in the NFL. And I'm going to rank the final four teams, and this is this is difficult for me uh, because, to me, these four teams are really the best teams in the NFL. We're not getting this year a Cinderella story uh, run to the championship game or two unevenly matched teams or a low seed against a high seed. To me, it's, it's the four best teams. In the NFC, you got the one and two. In the AFC, you got the one and three. And it very much could have been the one and two if the Bengals and Bills played out earlier in the season. So, to me, you got the four best teams. So, this is, this is hard to rank. But I'm going to try. Number four, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, to me, they're the weakest team uh, out of the four remaining. Uh, they have really strong suits. They have the best offensive line remaining of the four NFL teams, but that's about it. Quarterback Jalen Hurts is not the best remaining quarterback. They don't have the best remaining weapons. They don't have the best remaining defense. Now, to me, I will give them the best secondary if you want to nitpick the secondary, but they don't have the best coaching staff. But this is a solid team. They are number two in defense this year behind the Niners. They were very good. They picked it up number one in stacks. They were took the ball uh, away a lot. Jalen Hurts has progressed. Him and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith have been on the same page all year long. They've been able to run the football well. This is a very good team. Number three, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I don't care if Patrick Mahomes is on one leg, two leg, half leg. It don't matter. He's still a very talented quarterback. He can still throw the football. Uh one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and probably the best quarterback remaining in the NFL right now. I'll talk about that in a second. They have the, arguably the best tight end remaining. Him and Kittle is close now with Kittle's uh, great season that he had, but Telsey is obviously fantastic. They got playmaker and Chris Jones. Uh, they got, to me, the best coach remaining in Andy Reid, who is an offensive genius. So they've got a lot of things going. Their offense was great this year in terms of yards, points, great offense uh, right there. Two, the Niners. Uh, Niners have been really good since Brock took over. He is not. So get this. So 
Brock has not lost a game since he started 7-0. But they also haven't lost a game since McCaffrey came into the lineup, and that's 12-0. McCaffrey has been their best piece. He's stayed healthy. It's opened up this offense more, I believe, if Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback and not Brock Purdy. They'd still be on this winning streak. I truly believe that. Uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, makes the tighter throws as a better decision maker. Brock Purdy can hold on to the ball a bit long. He can extend plays like Jimmy G can, but Jimmy G's decisiveness, I like a bit more, and I probably trust a bit more right now than Brock Purdy. Uh, the Niners, to me, have the best defense, best front four with Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa have the best front seven. Linebackers extending with Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw have been fantastic. And in the skill positions, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. It's, it's a plus run to me, their coaching staff. I love D'Amico Ryan's a defensive coordinator. Uh, can masterclass anything on the defensive side. And Kyle Shanahan is a play caller is great. So I like it. But number one to Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are kind of insane this year in that they don't lose to good teams and they haven't lost in a while. They're like a, they were on an eight game winning streak coming into the playoffs. They're now on like a 10 game winning streak. It's been mightily impressive and they've just dominated opponents. So they've only had four losses this year. The first two were kind of to me flukes. It was, Money Mac missing like two extra points to the Steelers. The Cowboys, you know, there was like seven sacks that game. The offensive line was in jail yet. Things didn't look right. And then they kind of got win after win. The Ravens beat them, but the Bengals beat them two times later in the season. And then the Browns beat them on a Monday night game. It was Jamar Chase's first game out. It was kind of weird. It was Halloween. It was very spooky. But then since then, haven't lost. They've decimated uh, teams. They've won uh, games against teams like the Chiefs and the Titans and the Bills. So this is a complete team. They got the best wide receiver trio. They got a great quarterback. They got a run game. They got great coach in Zach Taylor. They got it all. I like what the Bengals are doing a lot. Uh, defense is solid, too, with Hubbard and Hendrickson and DJ Reader. Like this group a lot. I mean, they are special. I have them at number one. So now that I've ranked my top four teams, now I'm going to break down those matchups real quick. First, Bengals-Chiefs. It's crazy to think that the Bengals are now the favorite to win the game. The Chiefs opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites in the what, two days now. The Bengals are one-and-a-half-point favorites. That's crazy. That, to me... Is crazy. It tells me two things. That one, uh, betters are really worried about Patrick Mahomes' injury, and I think there's some stock in that because he didn't play, you know, as great in the second half as he was off to that great start that he had. And then two, I think it also showed that a team that the betters really supported was the Bills. How that line kind of rose. I think it started at four all the way to five and a half in the. Bengals cost a lot of people some money that day, but Bengals obliterated the Bills. So I think it's some reality setting in that the Bengals, the Bengals are a real team. Burrow said that, you know, about the quarterback matchup, it's two of the top guys in the league. I couldn't agree more with him. Jamar Chase has the most playoff receiving yards in his first two seasons. 
broke Randy Moss's record. That was great. But to me, this game right here, this is going to decide who the best quarterback in the NFL is. Now, I know yesterday I said I don't put a lot of stock in that when I said yesterday, when I said Sunday's game wasn't about Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow, because it wasn't. But to me, this game will decide best quarterback. Why? If Mahomes wins here, he's straight, right? He'll, he's going to win MVP this year, so he'll have won two MVPs. He's going to go back to the Super Bowl if he wins, so it's all setting up for Mahomes. If he wins, he's the undisputed best in the NFL right now. But if he loses, this is where it gets interesting. Because then Burrow is top dog. Burrow will have played three NFL seasons. The first, he got injured towards ACL. He didn't play that whole season. So in his first two full seasons in the league, this year and last year, he will have beaten Patrick Mahomes twice in the AFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl in Arrowhead against Patrick Mahomes. That, to me, is crazy. In Arrowhead, I mean, the Chiefs team that we have is great, but Burrow, to me, he'd be top dog. Now, if he wins the Super Bowl, then it makes it clear. But last year, in the 2022 calendar year alone, Burrow beat Mahomes three times that year. Bros never lost to Mahomes. That's crazy. And what we have going on, as we talked about earlier in the season, preseason, even myself, it was Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. It's changed now. It is Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. And again, if Burrow wins this, I think we have a Peyton Brady duo on our hands. And I've compared Tom Brady to, or I've, my bad, I've compared. Joe uh, Joe Burrow to Tom Brady dating back to last Super Bowl that he has the pocket presence, the cool, the calmness, uh, the get the ball out fast, kind of a pre-snap reads, all that. He's a Brady comp. Where Mahomes and Peyton, to me, are a similar comp. Why? And we said this in Peyton Brady's career. A lot of people thought Peyton was better. He was more talented. He won more MVPs than Brady throughout his career so far. But Brady was the winner. He beat uh, Peyton when it mattered most in the regular season, in the playoffs. He won the Super Bowls. He won the Super Bowl MVPs. So, yes, Peyton usually had the better numbers, the passing yards, the touchdowns, all the accolades, the, the MVPs. Tom Brady really won when it mattered most. And to me, this is what it will shape up. If Joe Burrow wins this game, Patrick Mahomes can't beat Joe Burrow. And I believe that's going to be a streak continued for the next 10 years. Not that Patrick Mahomes will never win it. But I believe we'll have a trajectory of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady where Mahomes got his ring early. Uh, you know, when Tom Brady had the one bad year in New England, it was his last year out. And since then, Mahomes can't beat the top dogs. When Brady was at his best in New England, Mahomes couldn't beat him in the AFC Championship game. He couldn't beat him in the Super Bowl. And now if Joe Burrow wins, Joe Burrow will have beaten him back-to-back seasons, and Patrick Mahomes can't beat him. So Mahomes, one run to the Super Bowl, had to face a Deshaun Watson Texans team who imploded, and the uh, Tennessee Titans, who for real, really, a lot of people can't even recall that the Tennessee Titans played in the AFC Championship game against them, uh, and then they played the Niners with Jimmy G, and they were up, and then they kind of choked there at the end, Kyle Shanahan. So it's an interesting dilemma. It's interesting to think about, hey, 
Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning. To me, it seems very real. Who wins this game? I got the Bengals. I like the attitude that they have. To me, they're a better team than last year, even though it's mostly the same team. Depending on the offensive lineman, it's a more complete team. You know, they're not the underdog story anymore. This is not just a nice story. They're here. They're the favorites. They're going to come into Arrowhead, and I think they're going to kick the Chiefs' teeth in again and leave them scrambling for answers on what the heck just happened. Next up, 49ers-Eagles. This, to me, this is two heavyweights in the NFC, two best teams in the NFC. Uh, you had a lot of good teams in the AFC, but in the NFC, like I said, you only had two good ones. You had 49ers-Eagles. And this is the matchup I think we deserve in the NFC Championship game Sunday afternoon. It is going to be great. So Hassan Reddick played great for the Eagles. He was after Daniel Jones sacked, pressures. He was great. Going up against Trent Williams. Now, Trent Williams just went up against Micah Parsons, and a lot of people were saying, oh, how great Micah Parsons is. And, you know, Micah Parsons is this and that, and he plays the snaps. He's, he's it. Well, Trent Williams made... Michael Parsons disappear. Allowed just one pressure faced up against Micah Parsons. Trent Williams did a master class in his footwork. If you kind of just watch Micah Parsons on Trent Williams, Trent Williams was the better player. And Trent Williams is like 10 years older than Micah Parsons and not as athletic, but Trent Williams' old man dominated that matchup. I think he can win another matchup. James Bradbury was absolutely shut down. This secondary is really good. They're opportunistic. James Bradbury, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Darius Slay. Makes me worried for Brock Purdy. If he's hanging on to the ball a bit long, he isn't quick in his decision-making. You need to protect your offensive line by getting rid of a ball, but you can't be turning the ball over. So I'm worried there. So to me, the X factor isn't going to be about offensive lines because they're both great. Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. Williams on the other side, both defenses. Nick Bosa, the Hassan Reddick. Both Fred Warner's, Terry Slate, those skill positions, everything's good. It's going to come down to quarterback play. It's going to come down to Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. Now, I know I said I don't like to do this, but when you have teams that are so evenly matched in every position, it is going to come down to the quarterback, which quarterback does not make any mistakes, and which quarterback makes big plays. Now, I don't think... Brock Purdy will make a lot of mistakes, but I do think Jalen Hurts is going to make more plays. Now, I picked San Francisco to win this game earlier. Uh, they were my switch up, you know, during the season where my preseason prediction was the Bills Bucks, but when the Bucks had their spot and the Niners were doing well halfway through, I said, I'm, I'm switching. I can do it now. I'm putting the Niners in there. I said, Bills Niners. So, Niners were my last hope to make it in there. But I don't know. I'm really nervous about the Niners considering how well the Eagles are playing, especially that the Eagles are at home in a crazy environment. This is the best team Brock Purdy has gone up yet so far. I'm worried. My early prediction is that the Eagles are going to win, and it's close to at least only two-and-a-half-point favorites. But to me, it's nervous. If the Eagles play like they did against the Giants this past week. Now they played against a lot of other teams when they were winning games against the Giants really 
the two times they won this year against the Titans, you know, the Packers, it's hard for it to beat them. It just is. Uh, it's going to be tough where San Francisco is going to try to grind it down, win close. Uh, you don't want to get behind the Philly and Philly. You don't want Brock Purdy playing catch-up. You know, Brock Purdy's played with a lot since he came in. Uh, full relief for Jimmy G. He was kind of the man, and they came out to leads early and fast, and they just hang on, and they did get into the one battle with the Raiders. But other than that, it has been a lot from Brock Purdy. It's not, they're not asking him to do too much, not save a day. He might have to save a day against the Eagles. I don't know if he can. I'm nervous, like the Eagles in my early prediction, to beat the Niners. This has been Unbothered. Looking forward to talking to you all soon. Looking forward to championship weekend. More news in the NFL. I'll talk to you all later. Bye, everybody.